Ladies and gents, Botter Milligan here at Collective Con. My next guest needs no introduction, and as you can tell, she's very busy. All right, she was graceful enough to give us a couple minutes while she is signing. So, multitasking queen over here, Amy. How is your Collective Con weekend been so far? Oh, it's been so fun. Yeah, I've had a, a blast in Jacksonville. It's great. Good to hear. You know, I've, I was standing in line, and I can tell there's a lot of joy, a lot of anticipation for a lot of your fans to meet you. I'm sure you're you're no stranger to conventions and the convention circuit. Do you have a memorable like fan experience, like meeting a fan and just their reaction being so overwhelming or positive? One time, I met this guy named Steven. <laughs> And he's right here. She's talking about you. <laughs> Can you see Steven? There's Steven. Yeah, it's like the best experience I've ever had was meeting Steven. <laughs> Steven's a lucky guy. I've met so many really lovely, amazing people. It's been like really fun. And I, you know, I just, I love coming to these conventions. And I think some of the best stories are, you know, the ones where Power Rangers were like a friend to people when they were younger. A lot of times if they were in foster care or whatever was going on in their lives that may have been difficult, like Power Rangers like became a friend. And I always find that super, um, I don't know, just really cool that I, without intention that is like part of the legacy of the character that I played Kimberly. I find it really neat. You've got me cheering up now. That was a really well, well that uh, answer. That's excellent. Oh, favorite episode. Wow. Oh, um, on the spot, Stephen. I know Stephen's Stephen's like riffing it. No, I have. I you know my favorite episodes are the ones that I do with David Yost. Huh. I think because he's like he's like family to me. So I love switching places. He's the last one. He's the last one I need to meet to get uh, Funko Pop signed. Oh nice. Oh nice. Yeah, I like switching places. I like Power Punks. Um, yeah, those are, I think, my two favorites. And when I got to play Rita, I really liked doing that. Awesome. And speaking of colleagues, you know, a lot of people dressed up Power Rangers. I see a, a couple of Green Rangers as well. I think it's safe to say the spirit of Jason David Frank, you know, is in the building on the hearts and minds of a lot of fans here. If you don't mind sharing a memory you have of working with Jason, maybe on set or just, you know, even outside of, you know, uh, wardrobe. You know what? Jason was like family as well. One of my best friends and I miss him dearly. And then now on my autographs, I always put a little heart of Kimberly Hart plus Tommy Oliver. And I, it's like, I've decided that'll be my little signature thing on my, on my autographs and, you know, as a memory for him. And I love it when somebody comes up with something that's been signed by Jason. Cause I feel like the, the autograph holds an energy to it and it's like, Oh, he touched that. Yeah. It's a connection. I, it's actually the first time I kind of realized what autographs meant to people. I hadn't like understood the power of an autograph before until now when I see Jason's. Excellent answer. And I've got one more for you, and uh, maybe this is for the uninitiated, but you have a very extensive music career. I know that I think count three albums, I think, on, on you know, available in places. And you're also no stranger to being behind the camera as a filmmaker. I was curious if you wouldn't mind sharing what projects you have, what projects you're working on or have coming in the future. Well, I love writing and directing now. I've sort of retired from acting and I've done four short films, two features. One's called Tammy's Always Dying, which is out and about. And you can, I think, see it on Showtime or wherever. And then I have um, a couple other projects in the works that I've been working on for the last couple of years, which I can't talk about yet. Um, 
including one I think Power Ranger fans will really love. Um, but soon enough, soon enough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very busy right now. So things are happening. Obviously. And thank you so much for your time. All right. Ladies and gents, Amy Joe Johnson. Collective Con, I am here live at Collective Con, of course, with Francois Petit, the man behind the mask of probably my favorite Mortal Kombat character, <laughs> Sub-Zero. And I, and I mean it. I genuinely mean it. Francois, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. This is my first show in the U.S., yeah. first convention, and I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Uh, everybody's so nice, you know? I mean, genuinely nice. Big heart. It makes me feel so good. So I really, I will come back a lot of time here. Absolutely. Well, you know, we'd have you play. We'd have you as many times as you'd want to come back. Where do you call home? Uh, right now, my wife and I are living in Spain. Okay. South of Spain, Andalusia, Malaga, Marbella, you know, we've been here for 12 years. And, uh, and when we came back for the show and we have three more shows to come in April and then we're going back home. Oh, nice. And, uh, we love it. <laughs> do you do you make uh, convention appearances anywhere in, in Europe? I or a few in Europe, but I'm brand new to it. You know, I was, uh, I'm, I was so busy doing my stuff, you know, my martial art all the time, practicing all the time. I wasn't really involved in a, in a Comic Con. And then uh, an agent, very good agent, called me, became a friend. And he said, I need you. I want you to be with me and everything. So what is it? Mortal Kombat. Of course. I'm there. <laughs> and then uh, that's it. It started last year. So I'm really excited about it also. So how does it feel to meet the fans of, of, of your character? And especially probably in the same you know, um, position I'm probably in where I've grown up with Mortal Kombat yeah. and Sub-Zero and things yeah. like that. How does it feel meeting them? Well, there's two different things here. Uh, I have people coming with kids and they know Mortal Kombat. And that's unbelievable. <laughs> then you have people of your age. Okay, then I understand more. And then you have parents and grandparents coming because the movie is 28 years old. And it be, became iconic. So now it's like a, the movie is very special and a lot of soul. And all the fans coming, doesn't matter the age. It's just amazing. I feel so, so overwhelmed, you know, and very touched because it's real. And, uh, and then the thing is, it was no TGI at that time. It was a real deal. You know, mm -hmm. it's not the same as now as a computer animation. It was, it was a real deal. We did the movie. All the martial arts guys did the movie. We suffered from him. We get broken a little bit. And it was great. But we never, never imagined 28, 30 years ago that we reached this point today uh, having an iconic movie and the music on top of it. Oh. You know? I, I, I work out to the Mortal Kombat theme song to today. So she works out for combat music. It's so funny. I love it. I can, love it. can you tell me, can you recall maybe what is your most memorable experience from like a day of filming Mortal Kombat or just from that whole experience? Do you have like a memory that still lives in your head? Yes, because you know, the whole story is a bit more complicated. I was, I was in the back of the movie. I was a lot of people are my students in a movie and uh, I was attached to the movie uh, before the production. Okay, uh, the, the producer and the director, I was helping them putting the whole thing together. And, um, and then eventually I got really completely involved in him, training the guys, mm. teaching the guy, co-choreographing, casting the martial art. And then one day they said, we want you to be Sub-Zero for promotion. We need the ranks, we need the title, we need everything. So it's very important. And then I got to meet very, very great guy, very great martial artist, Chris Kasamasas, you know, all those guys. Kari Tagawa, Chung Soon, was mm -hmm. one of my best friends, one of my best students ever. 
And uh, so there's very, very good martial artists. Liu Kang was very good also. So that was a pleasure to deal with real people, you know, and being older than them, much older than they were. Uh, uh, so I could fit a little bit my on, on my background, you know, into it. And I was very proud of it. I was, I was, it was my, I did a few movies that is number one and it will be number one until I die. So it's, it's, I'm so happy about it. I love to hear that. How many different forms of martial arts are you proficient at? Well, I started martial art in 1954. Okay, I'm 72 years old. I started in 1954. At that time, very few kids were practicing, basically no one. I started with judo, karate, and jiu-jitsu. I did 25 years of judo, then eventually I stopped judo, but I never stopped karate and jiu-jitsu. And now I hold the ninth dan in jiu-jitsu and the eighth dan in karate, and it's my life. I practice three, four hours a day, seven days a week, all the time. I refuse to get old. I'm in top shape. And, uh, and, and if you're good about it, you know, I'm a doctor too. I'm a medical doctor, you know, medic in sports medicine. And uh, I worked for the WWF before, you know, and so it, it really helps a lot, but it's a key, some, some secret. Okay. I did 10 years of ballet. I was in the Opera House Paris for 10 years, wow. from seven years old to 17 years old. And that structured me completely different for, for martial art. The flexibility, the choreography, the notion of space, the notion of moving in a space, everything was a big, big plus for the martial art. And now, 68 years of practice later, I'm brand new, you know, I'm, I'm brand new and I'm still learning and learning and getting the technique better, but the technique knows me a lot now. <laughs> and it's a pleasure. It's, it's my life. So if I'm hearing you right, you can kick someone's ass and then patch them up and then yes. take them out to tango. Exactly. And I'm a nice guy, too. I'm a very, very nice guy. So it's, the, it's like, the, you know, yeah. the both poles, you know, North Pole, South Pole. I kill him and I fix him. <laughs> All right, Francois, I, I got another question for you. In regards to Mortal Kombat, did you play the game prior to getting the role? Are, are you a fan of playing the game? How are you at Mortal Kombat? Well, let's put it together. Um, in 93, when he came to ask me, you know, uh, Larry Kazanov and Paul Anderson asked me, about Mortal Kombat, you know, like I told you, it was two years prior to the production. Uh, it was only the arcades, okay? So we played the arcades at a game, the number one video game, you know, and then the number two. And I helped them doing, you know, the, the captures and everything, or the kicks and everything. So that's how I discovered Mortal Kombat. Because I no knew, I mean, I knew, knew nothing about Mortal Kombat. One day, out of the blue, they called me and they say, uh, uh, Mortal Kombat. What? <laughs> 93. More, what is Mortal Kombat? Well, it's a movie I want to do, Larry Kazanov. What I want to do, I want to do that, but I need you, I need you, can you help me? And that's how it started. Now, I got to know, do you get sent a copy of Mortal Kombat every year when they come out with a new one? Yo, this is Botter. Sorry for interrupting this episode, but I'll keep it brief. I wanted to let you know about a massive sale we have going on over at the Shortbox store on all of our merchandise and apparel. That's theshortboxstore.bigcartel.com. You can now save 20% off your entire order using the discount code YO, Y-O-O. So if you've been waiting for the right time to finally buy that gauntlet snapback, or if you ever wanted to buy any of the shirts you see me wear on the podcast, well, now's your chance to get them for a steal. We still have a few sizes left of everything, but they won't last long and once they're gone they are gone and then i mentioned that all of our apparel is screen printed on high quality material none of that heat transfer or direct-to-garment stuff our shirts are some of the most comfortable ones you'll ever wear and the hats look even better in person so wear your support for the short box nation proudly knowing that you're going to look damn good doing it 
Get to theshortboxstore.bigcartel.com as soon as you can. And don't forget to use that discount code YO, Y-O-O, to save 20% off your entire order. All of this information can be found in this episode's show notes if you want to get there faster. Thanks for not pressing fast forward. Now back to the show. No, no, I don't. I don't. And uh, I don't play games too much. First of all, I don't have too much time. And, and, uh, and on top of that, I'm not really an aficionado of the game. I love the game, but I have other people better than me playing the game. And between all my, my training, my teaching, and, 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 and the convention come now, and I'm helping people in the movies, I'm training special ops and black ops and special operation film. So I don't have too much time to do that. Because once you get involved, you want to be good at it. You know, and, and if you want to be good at it, you have to put time into it. I, I just don't want to be bad and I don't have the time to be good. So I, I'll leave that to someone else. You've got your hands full being a badass in every other <laughs> facet of your life. I don't blame you at all. I, I guess considering, because you've got a pretty, a very unique perspective, you know, from the acting side, but also being like a very well-trained martial artist. Who are some, I guess, uh, of today's actors and martial artists in Hollywood that like you respect and really kind of uh, admire? There's this few good, good, good guys. Uh, Michael J. White. Oh, very yeah. good. Michael J. White. A lot of respect. First of all, he's karate. Mm. Japanese karate. So I come from Shotokan karate long time, long, long time before he was born. Then Kyukoshinkai, then all the things. So uh, I like him a lot. I, know I don't know him, but I like what he's doing. And he's humble. I like people who are humble. If you're humble, you're good in martial arts. You know, you have to be humble about yourself. And you, ha- you have to know what it means to, you know. Mm. And then you have uh, Jason Staten. I like Jason Staten a lot. Even though he's not a fabulous martial artist, but he has, he's good. He has something inside of him, you know. Then I work with uh, Jackie Chan, of course. He's phenomenal, but now he's older. Then uh, there's a few people, Scott Atkins. Scott Atkins, you know, is very, very good. There's a, there's a few good ones, you know. Uh, and then there's a few not as good, but with their heart putting in it, you know. So, uh I would say a few like, you know, Dominique Vandenberg, of course, Van Dominique was my assistant for a long time. Phenomenal martial wow. artist. Phenomenal martial artist. Um, and um, Jet Li was fabulous, you know, but now he's older, of course, you know, it's a different generation. In a new generation, you know, it's, uh, it's about that, you know. Uh, but it's quite a lot of good ones and a few very good ones, you know. Yeah, well said. And, and one last question for you, right? This is for all of the aspiring actors martial artists that want to be the next Francois Petit. <laughs> what advice would you give to, you know, those aspiring actors, martial artists that you wish maybe like you knew going into the industry that would have saved you a lot of like headache and, and trouble? Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm another generation. I trained a lot of fire choreographers in Hollywood. Uh, I created Gold's, you know, Gold's Gym. They asked me to create the division of martial arts on the entire Gold's mm-hmm. Gym world a long time ago. So I did that. I trained a lot of movie stars, uh, teach a lot of different guys, a lot of masters. Now I, tr- I teach masters. And it's, it's the main thing is the discipline. Okay. Discipline is the key word. Hmm. If you have discipline of suffering, of understanding, of being humble, or learning the technique 150%, you know, and, and, and not looking at yourself like a gong-ho or a guy like this, no, you have to be uh, uh, dedication. Dedication, dedication. It doesn't happen in one year. It doesn't happen in 10 years. I've been practicing for 68 years and I'm still brand new. So it doesn't happen 
you know, it, it, it is it is a, a whole life dedication. And if you were a movie star in martial art, you know, it's it's complicated. It's complicated unless you know. My wife is Japanese, so I go to Japan all the time. I teach a lot of Japanese masters, and it's 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 a different world. You know, all you do in movie business, all you come from the martial art, and the movie wants you for some reason. Like it happened, and that happened a few times. You know, it's okay, but uh, it's a, it's a gageur, it's a gamble. You know, because it's two different worlds. You know, one is fake, and the other one is real. Yeah. Uh, I was in war. I did three tours in Africa. I was special ops, and long time ago, and in '72 and '73, '74, Somalia, Mauritania, Nigeria, you name it. But anyway, so you have this part of life which is horrible, ugly, disgusting. You know, and then you have the movie. Hollywood that I don't like too much, but I respect a certain way because it's a lot of work. But then you have the martial art, which is the real martial art. You know, uh, uh, it's humbleness. Don't, 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 don't kid about it. You know, put your discipline into it. Then you have MMA, BJJ, which is great. It's fabulous. It's a beautiful entertainment. The guy is suffering like crazy. The, the real MF, you know, the real yeah. tough guys. And, and they practice good, but they don't have these 50 or 60 years of practice of all masters. And so it depends the, the way, what we say in Japanese, the do, the way you're going to choose to achieve what you want to be. And, and for me, my way is called agakure, which is the death, the death hidden in the forest. You know, it's the oldest bushido. And uh, this is how I was raised uh, uh, by samurai from the 19th century. Uh, for 14 years, I spent with us. Well, my wife is Japanese. That's why I'm completely Japanese in my, in my martial art. And, and I'm not here to brag. I'm here to help someone to get better. Yeah. Like I was lucky to be helped, you know. Okay. Thank you so much for your honesty and sharing that a lot. And it's I hope you enjoy the rest of your Collective Con Thank experience. You so much. Ladies Thank and gents, so Francois Petit making his first U.S. appearance here at Collective Con. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I worked on the electronics. We have uh, fighter jets, and then I also worked on broadcasting for a little bit. Oh, very, very good. Well, yeah. electronics and broadcasting would tend to go together a bit, wouldn't they? You know, one's very technical, and then one's you know very expressive. So, yes, yes. I, you know, different parts of my mind yes. is what I'll say. Yes, indeed. Yeah, but it, but it does help to know when something isn't working, why it isn't working. Well said, yeah. Yeah, there is. There is a little bit of overlap in the problem solving, yeah, yeah. I guess. Oh. Awesome. So what sort of um, what, what sort of aircraft did you work on? F-15s. Yeah. What the badass hell. ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll go ahead and get started. I've got some quick, easy questions for oh, you. Okay. As well. Awesome. All right, let's get this interview started. Right, here we go. Ladies and gents, Bader Milligan here at Collective Con, and do I really need to say much about my next guest and who I'm sitting by? I am sitting by the amazing. I heard the word "amazing" being described uh, uh, by one of your your fans. I'm sitting by the amazing John Rees Davies. John, how are you enjoying Collective Con? How's your weekend been? How are you? Well, I'm having a wonderful time here at Collective Con. Um, you know, I love coming to conventions because sometimes you just get enough time to talk to people and and people tell you wonderful things and you meet extraordinary people. I actually attribute coming to Comic-Cons with a, a major change in my life. I don't think when I was a younger man that I really liked people very much. And it is only 
since I've started coming to conventions over the last 22, 23 years, that I slowly begin to realize that I like people more and more. Humanity is glorious. And in the most ordinary seeming life, there is sometimes such heroism, such bravery, such generosity of spirit, that it shames me and delights me at the same time. Wonderfully said. So I had the opportunity to sit in on your panel yesterday. I found it funny and very interesting that you mentioned the early skepticism that you kind of had, you know, getting the uh, the script in and being offered the role of, of Gimli and Lord of the Rings. Obviously, you spoke of, you know, making the right decision and, you know, the, the benefits of, of being in that role. And I was curious, you know, you know, how, what are some of your feelings that, you know, you're experiencing seeing the generational fans, you know, like children, their, their parents and older and beyond, you know, coming to the table and, you know, that role having such an impact on them? Well, it, it has had a, a great impact on many people, and um, it's gratifying to know that. The more I think about Gimli, I think that in some ways he is the most human of all the, uh, of all the fellowship. You know, they are brave, funny, uh, um, serious, strong, but they don't really have many weaknesses, and Gimli is the most flawed person there. You know, he has got all the characteristics that we sometimes recognize in ourselves that we don't like. You know, the hostility, the aggression, you know, the, the xenophobia, the, the, you know, the, uh, the suspicion, the doubt. Um, and he also has the characteristics that we wish we had, like courage bravery, spiritual bravery, as well as physical bravery, um, a need to protect, a need to defend, a need to stand up and be counted no matter you know, what the odds are. And probably his a, a capacity for friendship too, but probably his greatest human characteristic that we love is his ability to change, to change his attitude from, 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 uh, from dislike to, in the end, love. And isn't that, that ability to make ourselves, to make better choices and become better people, isn't that really the core of life's struggle, isn't it? Well... Gimli's now my new favorite character, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> of course, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about uh, your return to the iconic Sala character and, and you know what it was like being able to work once again with Mr. Indiana Jones himself. How was it you know, seeing and, and working once again with Harrison Ford on the upcoming uh, Dial of Destiny movie? Well, I, I have to be a bit careful about this because, because they said... You must not talk about this until you are given permission to do so. So, it, I mean, what I should be saying is, uh, I might be in the film, I might not, but since they've darn well released me in, in the teaser, uh, I, I can say this. 
I can say this with absolute simplicity and clarity. The script is extremely good. Harrison is at the height of his powers. James, the director, is a great director. The supporting cast is very strong. And my bet is that this is going to be a great hit. I think that's a safe bet, Mr. John. Thank you so much. You've got a line building up. I just wanted to thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for showing up at CollectiveCon. Well, it's much appreciated. And uh, apologies for waxing lyrical about silly stuff, really. I don't think you'll find one complaint. Ladies and gents, John Reese davies Thank you. Thank you.